for the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm Kate Scott. Welcome to the update. On today's show, 49ers wide receiver Debo Samuel has quietly put together the most prolific rookie season by a Niners wideout since Hall of Famer Jerry Rice. But there's nothing quiet about the way the second round pick dresses as he strolls into and out of Levi Stadium. With help from our senior editor, Daniel Brown, we get into the fascinating juxtaposition of the understated rookie with an outrageous sense of style. It's Wednesday, January 8th. Well, Dan Brown, Happy New Year. It has been an electric rookie season for Tyshawn Debo Samuel. You've covered the Niners for a while. When did this rookie first catch your eye this season? When you hear his name, right? Debo Samuel, that sounds like somebody you should know about. Um, <laughs> yep. You know, he looked good in training camp, and he's got kind of that calm disposition. And, and then as the season went on, you know, the Niners have been looking for a number one receiver or a wideout threat for so long that anybody who shows any flash of potential, you think, is this the guy? Is this the guy I've been waiting for? I mean, the list of thousand yard receivers over the past decade is pretty slim. And he didn't, you know, we had that breakout series. We had back to back 100 yard games. And that's when you realize this guy is quietly having kind of an amazing rookie season. Third down, Garoppolo back throws, catch Debo Samuel. First down, 49ers, breaks a tackle, breaks another and dives down to the Arizona 39-yard line. Minus Kittle, minus Sanders, your go-to guy is the rookie Debo. It is Mostert to the right of Garoppolo in the gun, a two-by-two. Garoppolo back, Mostert stays in, and Wilson does a deep shot into coverage. Bump. It is caught there by Debo Samuel. Touchdown, San Francisco. The second most receiving yards by a Niners rookie in franchise history. Jerry Rice, number one, Debo Samuel, number two. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, and it wasn't super flashy, right? It was pretty consistent. I thought he kind of quietly kind of eked up that chart. He was passing guys like Crabtree and Gene Washington from way back in 1969. And, and uh, you know, Rice had 927, Devo had 802. But you get so focused on George Kittle and Jimmy Garoppolo, and then they made the trade for Emmanuel Sanders. So Devo kind of did his work behind the scenes, which in talking to him, I think maybe he prefers it that way. What were your assumptions, your your expectations, after seeing the way he dressed, but before you'd actually met him? <laughs> well, it's funny. I mean, this is one of those um, kind of almost run-of-the-mill journalism stories where he was having a good game. I thought, you know, I probably want to write about this guy. And the, I was slipping through the Niners media guide. And, you know, you ever look at the back of old baseball cards that have a little nugget about somebody's oh, personal always, history? always, yes. You know, yeah, so-and-so delivers potato chips in the off-season. You know, <laughs> he grew up on a farm. There was a little note about Debo Samuel had this interest in fashion and that he is an aspiring fashion designer. He wants his own clothing line someday. And the part that really amused me was for longer than you might think, he had to his mommy help him dress him um, <laughs> when, he was in, <laughs> when he was in college. When he was going to buy the suit that he would wear on the team plane and the team bus, he would... FaceTime with his mom and say, hey, does this look okay? What do you think about this one? We used to have to wear suits to games. Uh-huh. So I could FaceTime my mom every time I'm buying a suit. I'm like, you like this? Sometimes she'd be like, no, and I still buy it. Uh-huh. I like it. And sometimes she'd be like, yes, we go back and forth. But now I just like do buttons, just do them all. Because his stepmom was also into fashion and his dad was into fashion. So I think as a family that mattered to them what 
you wore was something that mattered in their household. And he grew up with that as a hobby, as a part of who he is. And yeah, I mean, you touched on it, but the, he dresses so flashy. He wears these garish, colorful coats and these pants. And if you check out his Instagram, you can see him in all kinds of things that look like every photo he puts up. It looks like a cover of a magazine. So I thought, oh, this guy's going to be outlandish if he was not. You know, we talked a lot about, we kind of opened the interview about fashion. And he was, he talks about it pretty matter-of-factly, but you can tell he's serious about it. He's got a company. He's got a website, DeboSamuelLLC.com, where you can go see his logo. And he's got some of his early, like a t-shirt you can buy and a hoodie you can buy. You know, he's just kind of setting the stage for when he's done with his football career stuff. You know, he isn't Chad Johnson or... Terrell Owens or anybody who's got this huge personality, he's just very quiet. So I kind of asked him about that. And I'd heard that, right? I'd heard that his outerwear and inner spirit are different. So I said, what's with the flashy clothes? You're such a low-key guy. And he said, you know, for me, it's just I like the colors. I like the splash, but it's separate from who I am. It's different, which is weird, right? You usually hear like, oh, the clothes are a reflection of me. That's my, you know, I'm trying to show a different side of myself. But for him, it's a dichotomy. But then we interviewed, he, he was actually literally wearing this really yellow coat that was postcard from South Carolina, his hometown, where he went to school. It was just like this collage of old style postcards. And it was really cool. Somebody had sent it to him, like, please wear our stuff. But in no way did it reflect the way he spoke about anything. You know, a very low-key voice, very... You're not super expansive answers, kind of the way you'd want out of somebody on the field, right? They're just very calm and methodical and thoughtful, and but no flash. The flash is all on the outside. That's so interesting. And you mentioned a little bit about it, that, that his stepmom and his dad care very much about, about what they wear as well. So is that is that where it started? When did the sense of style first start to take shape for Debo? Yeah, you know, I asked him that, and he said it was uh, his dad every year would get I think he's got eight siblings. He would get them all the, the latest Jordan shoes. And that was a big thrill for all of them. And he would start like, well, what would go best with this outfit? How do I maximize this? I've got these Jordan on my feet. You know, now what's next? And I said, so you still do that? Do you still do outfits from the shoes on up? And he said, absolutely. But that's how it started. Is he wanted something that would go with his Jordans. I love that. I learned a long time ago that's how the cool kids dress from the shoes up. I have not progressed. I have not, Dan, ever progressed into that category, but I, but I know that as well. So it makes sense that that's where Debo started, too. You mentioned that his mom would help him pick out his suits when he was at South Carolina. How has that style now continued to progress since he's transitioned from college to the yeah, NFL? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, because he said uh, at some point he started doing it on his own. He didn't need mom's help in picking out his outfits <laughs> yeah. anymore. But, Nothing wrong with that, though. Uh, he said that in college, the dress code was way more structured, which surprised me because I think it's kind of this military-style NFL. But Shanahan apparently is in Lynch. They're more relaxed. And the way Debo said it is you have to look presentable when the team travels. You have to look presentable on the plane and, and on the bus rides. But it doesn't necessarily specify suits. She's not obligated to wear suits. She's just obligated to look so he's gotten to cut his very fashionable uh, kind of streetwear kind of stuff. I mean, you kind of have to go to his Instagram account to look at, I mean, a lot of what he's posting is 
walking to the plane or walking home from practice and him in the parking lot. So you get kind of what we see as we see him pack up at his locker every day and head home. That's what he's showing off on his uh, social media. Well, and his coach may not sport as much flash as Debo, but we all know <laughs> the flat cap, the shoes. Kyle Shanahan loves a good look, too. So it's true. What, what has he had to say uh, about Debo's performance on and off the field this season? Yeah, you know, that that's a good question because it was really interesting. They've got so many rookies on this team that are making an impact, and they've been very careful about making sure, let's make sure these guys don't hit the rookie wall. You know, playing this long a season with high demands they're not used to in college, how do you how do you keep them from, you know, not being ready for the demands of a full 16-game schedule and now the playoffs? So they've managed his workload, but they've also been really hard on him to, hey, don't make the boneheaded rookie mistakes, carry yourself like a veteran, know these routes, know these this, these playbooks. And they've continued to coach him really hard to make sure he doesn't rest on his laurels. And Shanahan said, you know, in, in advance of this, the Seahawks game is the two Devos credit, he'll take the criticism really well. He doesn't bristle. He doesn't get offended. He just kind of like, okay, coach, what's next? Or how can we fix this? And Debo, when I asked him about, you know, kind of relayed those comments to Shanahan, he said, yeah, I've always taken coaching well because when a coach gets on you, that means they care about you. That means they know you can be better. And it's kind of like they wouldn't waste their time with a guy who wasn't going to get better. But if you're going to be around long enough, they want the best out of you. Debo's just, he's gotten better and better each week when the ball goes to him, regardless of how he feels or what's going on. You, you know Debo's going to catch it. You know he's going to make a play. And he's a guy we trust a lot out there. And But we still expect him to keep getting a lot better and keep owning this offense more and more because he's a guy who plays the right way. He's a guy who's got a lot of ability. And he's a guy we're going to count on the rest of this year. So Debo takes this, they want the best out of me, and so do I. So Tell me what you need to say. Yeah, well, that's fantastic perspective. And, and to hear that from a rookie, because as we all know, sometimes it takes athletes a, a lot of years to learn that. Yeah, there's absolutely no sign of this with Debo. But I do say with rookies, Matt Mayoko wrote an awesome story years and years and years ago about this humble, hardworking rookie named Carol Owens. Mm. And what a nice, <laughs> polite guy he is. <laughs> so sometimes as you grow into stardom, some guys change a little bit. I mean, I'm not saying that with Debo. I'm just right. saying that that, re- that position, receiver, has been known to affect people. It has. And no, success grows. No doubt about that. And that's, I think, why I find the, the juxtaposition that you mentioned earlier between the way Debo is on the field versus his flashy, outrageous style off of it. Because I grew up expecting the Michael Irvins and the Deion Sanders and the Terrell Owens, right? Because of that, you were flashy on and off. There was no difference between the way you played and the, the person you were. So that's why I think I found this story so intriguing. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, you think it matches because you think it's an expression of yourself. I think he looks at it from a fashion designer standpoint, like this is a cool color scheme. This is a cool cut. This Mm -hmm. is cool material. You know, he's a businessman about it. Well, there's nothing like asking a 40-something white dude this next question, but I couldn't I, I couldn't pass it up, Dan. As you mentioned, you've been on his Instagram, you've been scrolling the IG, you've seen him yeah, every yeah. day before and after practice. Uh, your favorite Debo outfits of the season, if you could describe them for us. Uh, let's see. It's after the Rams game, so this kind of heading into the the precursor, that big Seahawks tilt. You know, I, I was new. The, the store was kind of in the works, and I thought, man, let's see what he wears. And he wore... You talk about starting with the shoes. He wore these red, sparkly shoes. Ooh. They were almost exactly the color of Dorothy's slippers in The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> yes. But they were sneakers. 
so they were fantastic, and I don't think that I will get a pair. But when you were the greatest rookie receiver since Jerry Rice on the 49ers, you could take a fashion risk. <laughs> yeah, but we won't be seeing you in, in the matching sparkly red sneakers. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I don't. Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> it's okay. I well, start the shoes. My my look from the ground up too. So I'm not going to start with that <laughs> and have to uh, match the rest of it. You mentioned it earlier that he loves others' creations. You mentioned him wearing the the jacket that had been sent to him with all the South Carolina postcards and how that's inspiring Debo's own creativity. I went onto the Debo Gear website before our record today and saw, as you mentioned, he's already selling t-shirts and hoodies. But what is next for Debo after he finishes, hopefully playing 15 years from now and winning some Super Bowls for the 49ers? I think that he's going to slowly evolve, right? He can't dive headlong into his fashion business. So he just said, in the next step, he's going to start doing more creative. You know, basically what's on there now on his website are T-shirt with his logo, mm-hmm. hoodie with his logo. He said more creative streetwear next, more street creative like athletic wear, active wear, street wear. So I don't think you're going to see suits and ties and sparkling red shoes. But, you know, if you want to wear something a little bit more uh, around town than a sweatshirt and a hoodie, that's what's next. But he didn't, you know, I do think he has a long-term vision. Like he does want to have a second career, but... He also has to be respectful of the one he has now. So I think we're going to to check back maybe 20 years from now after he has a couple franchise records or something. But he's going to ease into it. I think 49ers fans will be more than okay with that. Have him win a couple of rings first, lift the Lombardi (laughs) a couple of times, and then we'll get into Debo Streetwear 2.0, right? (laughs) That's right. Maybe he'll start designing, start with the rings and then design the fashion look that goes with them. Well, there you go. Maybe there's a, a Debo postseason play we'll remember forever that's coming our way soon. I mean, there's been plenty of other Niner catches whose silhouettes have been turned into extremely successful articles of clothing, right? So who knows, Dan? Stay tuned, Niner fans. And uh, Dan, thanks so much for shedding the light on the flashiness that is Debo off the field. And thanks so much for joining us here today. Yeah, Kate. Thank you. Always a pleasure. Like his outrageous outfits that run the gamut when it comes to color, material, and texture, One of the most intriguing aspects of Debo's game is its versatility, as that touchdown run in the regular season finale in Seattle made Samuel the first wideout in franchise history to rush for three touchdowns in a single season. The previous season high? Well, it was held by a guy you might have heard of. Uh, We talked about him a few times in the pod. He had an okay career. The Hall of Famer, Jerry Rice, who ran for two touchdowns when the Niners won their last Lombardi trophy back in 1994. For Dan's full feature on Debo with plenty of photographic support, just click the link in the description notes of today's podcast. Coming up in the next few weeks here on The Update. We'll preview college football's national championship and probably more importantly for you Bay Area football fans, discuss the Pac-12's best chances of making it back to that all-important college football playoff with the editor-in-chief of our college football site, Stuart Mandel. We'll get into the absolutely wonderful story of longtime A's and Giants hot dog vendor Jimmy Graff, who passed away unexpectedly on Christmas Day. We'll learn more about all the successful things the 49ers are doing off the field here in the Bay and why it matters so much to the organization in a conversation with 49ers Chief Administrative Officer and General Counsel Hannah Gordon. And on our next show... The NFL's divisional playoffs begin Saturday at Levi Stadium, 
We'll go deep on Niners Vikings and break down what should happen the rest of the weekend as well with NFL staff writer and film studier extraordinaire Ted Wynn. That's your update for today. Thanks to my old friends at KNBR for the highlight sound. Thanks to all of you for listening. And on that note, if you like what you're hearing so far, hey, a five-star rating never hurt anyone, right? And if you're uh, not sure about us yet, well, we really appreciate you sticking around. Until next time, for the update, I'm Kate Scott. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you on Friday.